What's up, witches? Hi, guys, gals, non-binary pals. I'm Abby. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am a Hufflepuff. My name is Sarah. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm a Gryffindor. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This is a very different episode. Girl, shut your face. You're beautifuler. Oh, (laughs) do not test my complimenting. (laughs) Um, Yes, it's a very special different episode of Until the Very End. We are reviewing the second movie. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you guys, this is actually way more difficult than we ever thought. (laughs) Yes, we did essentially like live reacting for the first movie. It wasn't great. When we walked away from it, we were both like, oh, I don't know if we'll do that again. Like it was really Mm -hmm. long, whatever. And then we're like, oh, we'll just go over the movie scene by scene, not Mm -hmm. watching it, but just kind of, I thought this was going to be much easier to do. Yeah. I was wrong. (laughs) In the first movie we did go live, uh, we kind of reacted live, but Mm -hmm. then this movie we decided to kind of take notes on trivias and maybe like differences between book and movie um still really difficult it's still very difficult (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not really sure um you know we're just gonna we're gonna play by ear guys we're gonna we need your feedback we need suggestions clearly we are not movie reviewers (laughs) i mean i like (laughs) to think we are (laughs) I like to think we're very good. It is different. I would say like amateur versus professional, but we're not being paid for this. So it's amateur versus amateur hobby hobby versus just whatever. Um, Yeah. I would like to continue doing the movies because it's an excuse for me to watch Harry Potter and I just don't know what to do. So let's start talking. Yeah, we're going to break it up by scenes and we're kind of going to go back and forth as to mm-hmm. who covers what. Um, we'll just see how it goes and please be nice in your reactions to us. Good Lord. We're trying the best that we <laughs> fucking can. You know what? We're just here for a good time. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yes, we, yes, we're doing this for fucking fun. Everybody, oh, for God's sakes, fun. people. <laughs> um, I... Uh, so we're going to be covering Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets movie today. Um, a little bit about the movie before we get into scene by scene. This came out in 2002. It was rated Which, key- this is yeah. the year I graduated high school. Oh, my God. Yep. I had a baby so, that year. Yeah. Great. You had a baby right after. Did you have a baby this year? No, I actually had her in 2001, but I didn't want to yeah. tell everybody that I had a baby in high school. <laughs> well... You talked about it in the first movie it's out. <laughs> because you said that um, you thought you were having contractions during the really actiony scenes. That is true. And <laughs> I was having contractions. They just weren't real. <laughs> they were they like were, fake ones. Alexa yes. was like, could you please turn down the volume? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder like, does Alexa not like loud music or loudness or like she just, I wonder if that like changed who she is now as a person. She is pretty chill as a she is. as a person. Yeah, she's pretty chill. So she was telling you, even in she's like in utero off. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so just sleep in here. <laughs> in two thousand two, it's rated PG. Um, this is 
movie, this movie is two hours and 41 minutes, which I believe is the longest of all of the movies. It is. Yeah. It beat um, the second longest by four minutes. What was the second longest? I think Order. All right. No, I'm not going to challenge that. Uh, Keep talking. (laughs) It was directed by Chris Columbus, who also did the first movie. Um, The author, it's obviously based on the book. And Steve Cloves did the screenplay. Correction. It was Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire was for... Goblet of Fire was still long and it's still the shittiest movie. Don't come at me. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't feel like I I have to defend my opinion on that. (laughs) I call that movie Harry Potter in the year everyone needed haircuts because everyone looked fucking awful in that movie. Yes. Whoever decided that, it was the wrong, wrong idea. Yes. I actually got um, a meme sent by one of our mutual friends about Harry Potter's hair in Goblet of Fire. And it's like, why is his hair so big? Is it full of secrets? Mm-hmm. It's full of Voldemort. <laughs> yes. Um, some of the taglines for this movie is Dobby has come to warn you, sir. Hogwarts is back in session. The Chamber of Secrets has been open. Enemies of the air beware. Something evil has returned to Hogwarts. The Chamber of Secrets has opened. And the second year begins Feb. The second year begins November 15th. <laughs> so I just like taglines of movies. I think they're interesting. That is cool. Uh, I never really thought about doing that part, but now I'm going to pay more attention. <laughs> Thank you. I thought of it uh, five minutes ago. Hey, good for you. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I should talk about the movie itself. Before when you started started saying that, I was like, oh, damn, that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> I nope. thought about it originally, like, when we first started talking about going over trivia and shit. And then I completely forgot about it until just now. <laughs> All right. Let's start with scene one. This is actually where Harry is at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to kick it off from there. There you <laughs> He's go. He's at the Dursley house. Yes. So the movie opens and zooms into Harry's room on Four Perfect Drive, where Harry is talking to Hedwig and then Vernon starts yelling. Um, Filming for this movie started three days after the release of the first film. I know that was the quickest turnaround. I think mm -hmm. they took a long weekend and they're like, back to business, baby. Capitalism. (laughs) Let's go more money. (laughs) Those kids are like, okay, we're still trying to catch up on everything. (laughs) Well, Harry, we're growing. uh, Yes. Daniel Radcliffe. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But his pay rate was going to be like a couple hundred thousand or so. Yeah, and then they like crazy like three hundred or like one thirty five or something. Yeah, and then it went to like three million because of negotiations. Well, actually, the um, it's oh shit, what is it called? Um, it was like the actors' union Mm -hmm. actually stepped in, and they're like, "You cannot do this. You need to pay them more." And then it was raised up. That's That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad that um, that helped him. Yes. Probably all of them. Yeah. And yes, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. That is a lot of money, especially for kids. But these are kids and we're kind of exploiting them for our own entertainment. So maybe give them a couple more dollars. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they don't even get any of that money until they turn 18. So yes, I think the rules, all that. Yes. I think the rules in Europe are better for the children Mm. than they are in America. I could be just saying things that aren't accurate. Um, I hope so. It's the accent. It always makes us think that they're way more better than us. They probably are. I mean, they probably are. Uh, <laughs> Dobby, the house elf appears, causes drama, and then pieces out. Um, Dobby is voiced by Toby Jones, um, who's a pretty notable actor. He was Claudius Temple Smith in um, The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. which opinion about that, that character could have been written out completely in the movies. Because oh, 100%. Because I don't even remember added. him. <laughs> no. All I know of his he was lines, in that movie, but yes. I don't remember what he did. He could have just been, um, his lines could have been just given to Stanley Tucci. Um, oh, that's right. Yes. I do remember him now. Okay. So I don't think it's mentioned in the book, but when, because he's just sitting on the bed whenever Harry comes into his room. But in the movie, Dobby is like jumping up and down on the bed. And that part to me is so sweet and so sad all at the same time, because like, this is his first time that he's been able to have fun. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to fucking jump out of bed. And it just made me so sad watching that. Yeah. Do you guys, when was the last time you jumped on the bed? Me? It's probably been like 30 years. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was a very fat, I am a very chubby individual and I have been most of my life. So I can't ever remember jumping on a bed. You would be tits in the face the entire time <laughs> if you did that now. The black eye right For away. Reals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> that TikTok. I would about... be scared for you. <laughs> I'd be scared so, for me. <laughs> yeah. are going to like fly off and go and catapult mm-hmm. onto somebody. Like so, torpedoes. <laughs> yes. So you recently sent me a TikTok about what it's like to have big boobs uh, and how the woman's no, it's like, more of like the small chested person asking, what is it yes. like? And the it's woman real. talks about like, um, it sucks. Uh, whenever it's summer, I want to just put them in a ponytail, but I can't, I'm always sweaty. The amount of people that sent me that TikTok <laughs> was very high (laughs) everyone's like oh big titties that's abby that's abby (laughs) yeah Um, it's a big hair that's abby yep (laughs) everything on me is big except for my ears and my ass (laughs) because that was god was like nope don't give it to her and everywhere (laughs) work for it um during the shoot like dobby is obviously like cgi there's probably like little um figurines of him but during shooting (laughs) the part of Dobby was played by a ball on a stick which just really proves to show how good the children actors are or just actors in general like Daniel Radcliffe did a pretty good job acting off of a fucking tennis ball (laughs) yes and I don't know if you know this because you were still really young but CGI was pretty fresh when this came out like that was a really big deal for a movie to have CGI in it. Uh-huh. It's so just normal now to mm-hmm. do that. Um, but back then that was a really big deal. So um, speaking of CG and how far it has come, when we saw Rogue One, uh, the Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. which came out, fuck, that came out in 2016. Um 
which bonkers to me. After we got done seeing it, Matt and I were talking about it. And I was like, that's so bananas. Like Peter Cushing looks exactly the same as he does when he was in the first one, like in the fucking 70s, like, he was not aged at all. Thing. I was like, how is this even possible? Is he yeah, still alive? It took me like hours later, like when Matt and I talked about it and Matt was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, no, yeah. he's just so talented. And he's like, yeah, he's dead. That was a CG character. Yeah. Chris, actually, he had to tell me the same thing because I was like, wow, that was just bonkers how well they did this (laughs) he's still there he still looks exactly the same i mean hats off to him i'm gonna go find him on social media no he's that was a hundred percent fake (laughs) he died in 94 (laughs) fuck wow we are not the smartest but we are not the funniest also (laughs) (laughs) and are we the nicest no, no, not at all. <laughs> he was 81 when he died in 94. So oh. somebody do the math. He would probably be yeah. over 100 by then. I feel really bad and really dumb. <laughs> yes. And I remember Thanks talking. For reminding me how dumb I am. <laughs> when we were talking about that with some friends, one of our friends who obviously knew that Peter Cushing was dead and that he was just recreated electronically. He's like, it was really impressive. But if you watched his mouth too much, it did look a little bit like Dobby the house elf. <laughs> no. Peter talked because he was like, hello, hello. <laughs> like he couldn't move his mouth in a more natural <laughs> way. Oh, I'm definitely going to rewatch this yes. movie now. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, when Dobby comes out of Harry's closet, he has a sock on his on his little ear. And when he takes it off, you can actually see him look at it and smile. Because he knows that if only this was given to him by his masters, he would be free. Foreshadowing. It is foreshadowing. I like how he smells it. What 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 person or thing would ever smell a teenager's sock? No. Nope. I was I was gonna say, like, he has to know that teenager socks smell bad because yes. he's the one that's fucking washing them. Yes. I mean, I that's assume he's so true. Okay. So changes in the movie versus the book. Um, real question. <laughs> Did yeah. Harry actually get a photo album of his parents? Because I cannot remember. I don't remember. I don't think he did. Because that part was so touching in the yes. movie that I was like, hold up. That came from Hagrid. But yes. did it actually come from Hagrid in the book? I can't remember because I feel like we covered this chapter like six months ago. Mm-hmm. That I don't know. Guys, let us know. Um, difference is Harry's chores have actually disappeared. Remember in the book, he had to paint the gate or paint the fence, pull the weeds, mow the lawn, water the lawn. And then like Petunia, like grabbed him. He had to like walk on the newspapers. Yeah. Like swallow his food in one bite. And then they like shoved him upstairs. Mm-hmm. All of that is missing. And while he was doing that yard work, he actually catches a glimpse of Dobby um, that he sees his bright green eyes in the bush and then Dobby blinks and then he's gone. Fuck. I completely forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, so weird. Um, I understand why some things are cut for, oh, for sure. Movie. We don't need like, to see Daniel Radcliffe's like child labor. 
Yes, this movie is already two hours and 40 minutes. I don't need to watch a kid yeah. mow the lawn. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but yeah, it, we do miss Dobby there. Oh, I was going to say if Hagrid gave Harry the photo album um, in June 92, knowing that Harry did not have any pictures of his family, Hagrid gave him one because he said that he did have to reach out to some of the friends All of to get friends. pictures. So I think that yes. it did happen in the book. Okay. Okay. Good. Ooh, I was like, wait a second. What did this book even no, come from? The fucking plot hole guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and now that we're in Harry's room, remember in the boot or in the book, all of his belongings were locked into the cupboard mm-hmm. under the stairs, his spell books. Um, he pretty much just has a bed and a dresser mm-hmm. in, his, in the book. But in the movie, you can actually see like the Gryffindor tie hanging up. He's got like Gryffindor flags hanging up. His room does look like a typical teenager's room mm-hmm. with all of the um, kind of garb and, and fun stuff hanging around so that he is very much living a different life in the movie not as um abusive still abusive abusive, but at least he has stuff to play with i guess uh i know one thing um the differences between the book and the movie when mrs mason like the reason why it all goes to shit is because she gets scared of the owl yes totally missing it's gone. Yeah. So Dobby does the hover charm in order to move like the pudding cake. I'm not mm-hmm. even sure what you call this. I like I think over... pudding cake is a great explanation yeah. <laughs> of whatever that fucking thing is. It just looks like icing. <laughs> it does. Like it's we're just, just eating full icing, icing, which sounds amazing. I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Dobby uses his hover charm to like move it over Mrs. Mason's head and it uh-huh. drops on her. And Mr. and Mrs. Dursley are able to kind of like calm down the situation with that. But then an owl comes in from the Ministry of Magic and it scares Mrs. Mason even more. And the owl was carrying the letter that said, you are not allowed to do magic outside of school, which the Dursleys didn't know because Mm -hmm. Harry, that's, they were all essentially scared of him because he was able to do magic. Mm -hmm. So he liked that power over them. I think the movie handles it better, in my opinion. Yeah, like, um, if somebody dumped a shit ton of frosting on me, I'd be pissed and we're done. Yeah, yeah. and especially because it's a work dinner and it's yeah. not even your work dinner, it's your husband's work dinner. You're like, oh, for God's sake. Plus, and you're you the client. <laughs> yes. I, I thought I was going to be spoiled. <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to have a night at home, eat my food that I like to eat, watch my, my TV shows instead of get fucking frosting on me this is gonna take forever to wash out of this dress mm-hmm. this outfit is ruined now yeah i have to take it to the fucking dry cleaners which we all know that's not gonna happen no i would just throw the outfit away <laughs> oh, yeah so ron and the twins show up they cause drama and then they all peace out with harry they left out all of this. So because Harry's things are not locked away inside of the cupboard under the stairs, mm-hmm. Fred and George no longer have to pull off the bars, climb into the house, run downstairs, pick the lock, bring it all back in. I actually think it would be kind of funny to see 
uh, Fred and George like running away from Vernon mm-hmm. Dursley, <laughs> you know, because he's probably one in the movie, them pulling off the bars creates a very loud noise that they're yes. immediately woken up. But in the book, it's like super like stealth mode, <laughs> like mm-hmm. them pulling it off, slowly lowering it down, running in. Um, it's that been pretty how funny. Smart they are. Yes, exactly. We're, Not just loud and like mm-hmm. causing ruckus. Yeah. yeah, they're very like sleuth like. Yes, with the whole um, lock picking. Yeah, um, that's totally they, a muggle thing that yes. they learned just on their own. They learned it on the streets. They did. <laughs> they did. Um, they Harry gets rescued by the Weasleys um, using their flying car, which is a Ford. And An- Angelina. Angelina. The Ford Angelina, Angelina. which is that blue car. <laughs> um, this is the same color and model car in which the author and her best friend from school used to ride around in when they were younger. She used the car for the book and then the later, um, the movie, out of her fond memories of driving it, which I think is very sweet. It is. Yeah. Um, my friend my, Angie and I, yeah, <laughs> I was the first one to get my license out of all of my friends. And I had a, um, oh shit. Now I can't think of what it's called. The red car. Yeah. It was just a red shitty car. It was a very shitty car. <laughs> But uh, Angie and I, we would go into like the bigger town next to us. It was like 15 miles away, but we'd always go through McDonald's parking or McDonald's drive through. We'd get mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper's. We'd get a cup full of pickles and then we would just drive to the next <laughs> town over. <laughs> or we would go get Dr. Pepper's and a side of pickles and go back to her house or another friend's house. And yeah. There. <laughs> We lived in a very boring town. We did. There was not a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so I had a pack of four friends. Mm-hmm. So um, it was Angie. And then we had another Angie. And then me, Sarah. And then we had another Sarah. So it was Angie, Angie, Sarah, and Sarah. We would all hang out so much together. Oh. <laughs> and we, we were, um, um, our parents were not... Um, you know, they picked very average names that we all had to use our first name and our last initial. It was a very popular name in the 80s. It was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a black SUV um, when I was 16 or 17, and I named her Dora because she was Dora the Explorer. Yeah. Um, and then my friend Joe, he had a car named Cheyenne. It was like this really shitty truck. Joe driving a truck. Wow. <laughs> that's not what I pictured at all. It was the most, it was the straightest thing he could have been driving. Yeah. Um, and it turned him even more gay. <laughs> <laughs> so is that true? <laughs> Probably. Um, and then, yeah, we just... Oh, um, my friend Sydney, um, her boyfriend at the time had a car that was also an Explorer. And every time we would all go out, um, we named his Explorer Diego. So Dora and Diego would <laughs> yes. go on adventure together. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Oh, um, those, those times were so fun, you yes. know, just hanging out with your friends in their car, mm-hmm. trying to get into trouble. Yeah. Yes. 
I, that's why I, and to take this on a really deep level for a second, um, I was talking to one of my friends and she's like, I feel like I'm still 21. And then I'm just like in that mindset. And I was like, I feel like I'm still 16 or 17. And we were talking about why we think we feel that way. And it's like, cause that's the last time that we felt very at peace and that we didn't have as many responsibilities and that our life was just very easy. And mm-hmm. then after that, it all changed. So quickly. Yes. So I still feel like I am in that 16 year old mindset. (laughs) That's what I think of when I think of me. Yeah. A lot more gray hair. Um, Yeah. But. Oh. Um, Ron, Harry and the twins, they come home. Molly is pissed, but cooks them breakfast because duh, she's a good parent. She's not going to take away food just because she's upset with her children, which is a very big difference than the Dursleys. It's anti Dursley. <laughs> yes. Ginny is awkward, but like same. <laughs> Percy has incredible bedhead. Um, I love Percy, his bedhead. It is so fucking good. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. If you haven't seen the movie in a while, we will definitely add a picture of that bedhead oh, to our social media because yes. it's I actually incredible. Kind of want bedhead like that. Like at night, I always like top knot it. Yeah. And so whenever I wake up, it's pretty much in the same exact place. But I'm like, yes, look at Pert. He he slept really fucking good last night. <laughs> he didn't even need Tylenol PM to fall asleep that good. <laughs> or melatonin uh-huh. or CBD. Just- he was probably staying up late talking to Penelope Clearwater. Which Penelope is actually like almost completely missing from yeah. this. There's yeah. one line at the very I'll end. I'll get into that her. later. Yeah. Um Going off of just hair in general, in this movie, there were nurses that were drafted into the production because of an outbreak of head lice occurred amongst the cast. Yeah, I it's disgusting, but kids like they just like share ponytail holders and brushes, Mm -hmm. like they don't even think about it. They're like, Oh, yeah, brush cool, thanks, let me use it. No, 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 (laughs) yeah, and yeah, I. I think with that, because right now there's a big thing with like kids sharing masks, like they just see it as it's so pure. They're like, well, this is my friend. Why wouldn't I let them have this thing? That's mine. Yeah. Um, So it does show how like pure children are where they're like, just just take my my brush. Yeah. No big deal. Really? No big. Um, They, the Weasleys and Harry are now going to diagonally. Uh, Harry can't say simple words, but I totally get that. Um, there is a deleted scene in this where he's like in Bergen and Borks, mm. um, which was cut on the way to Diagon Alley. Yeah, in the book, he mispronounces the name of Diagon Alley because he like accidentally inhales like a whole bunch of like soot and dust and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's like, <coughs> like dying. Yes. Uh, in the movie, he just like stutters over his words. They're like, yeah, just jump in this fire. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. I don't know how to do this. And one kid's mm-hmm. like, just watch me. And then he's gone. And then he's like, wait, I still don't understand how to do this. I Do so, you have like a printout of instructions that you can hand me? Can I go with someone maybe? <laughs> yeah, that's um, another thing. I do like how in the books, like it's, they throw it. 
and then they say it and then they walk into it or something like there's different yeah. step-by-steps there is. and yeah. it's easier, I think, to film just being in there and already just saying it and doing mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. But I can't, I don't understand. And this is for like in general with apparition and flu powder and port keys. Like, when is it that somebody has to do it themselves? Like a baby mm-hmm. is not going to know a port key. So you can hold right. the baby. Or toddler. Yeah. And then you can touch it. And because they're touching you, can they move? Mm-hmm. But then with apparition, like how, how, how? I just don't Maybe understand. it's just like muggles. Like when you have a baby, man, you don't really get out a lot for the first few yeah. years. Uh, it's just kind of a hassle. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's tired. And everybody needs naps. Totally got that. Um, another one is Harry's glasses break in route to diagonally. Mm-hmm. In the book, Arthur Weasley fixes them. In the movie, Hermione shows up and she fixes them. Also, I'm pretty sure in the book, there's like a few days that go by be- before they go to Diagon Alley. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it's it looks like it's the same day. Yes. Like Harry gets there immediately. They all get the letters and they turn around and they immediately leave. Yes. Maybe there are a few more days. Um but and it's once just they, not shown. <laughs> yeah. Once they get to Diagon Alley, the first thing they do in the book is they have to go to the bank. And it's embarrassing for the Weasleys because they don't have a lot of money. So Mrs. Weasley tries to hide it. And mm-hmm. it's embarrassing for Harry because he has so much money that he also tries to hide it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't think it's a really big deal, but it does show the huge differences mm-hmm. and just kind of the almost like the embarrassment that they all have to go yes. through and get over. Yes. And it shows the two opposites of the families, which yeah. is, I think, just such a huge part of the relationship throughout. Yeah. Like Harry wants nothing like, but a family and he has yeah. all this money. And Ron has so much family and never any money. Yeah. And it shows the differences between the two and how they finally like kind yeah. of come together. And then they even like the only time that we ever see or discuss Harry's money in the movies is the first book mm-hmm. or the first movie when he sees it for the very first time mm-hmm. and then every other money like major money scene is cut from the movies like when mm-hmm. harry gives his winnings uh to fred and george that's a mm-hmm. huge part in it and yeah. they just completely knock it out and even, even small things like in the goblet of fire when um he buys those omni oculars at the quidditch world cup and ron is very embarrassed that harry buys them for him because he knows he's never going to be able to repay him and then he gets that gold and he gives it back um he gives that to harry and then he learns the next school year like fuck i gave you fake gold why didn't you tell me yeah and And nobody knew but yeah yeah and Harry says something like, well, I didn't even think about it. And Ron's like, it must be really nice to not even notice that gold is fake. Yeah. So. Which, I mean, as a teenager, mm-hmm. you're, it's such a weird situation to be in, you know, because mm-hmm. if all of your friends have all these really nice phones, say nowadays, yep. and you're stuck with like an iPhone 6, like, it's just so obvious to you and yeah. people say things without even thinking that mm-hmm. it might hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kids are in a 
it's just a weird place to be in. It's just a sucky time for her. (laughs) Yeah, it truly is. Word of advice for everybody. Never, unless that person can fix it in 10 seconds or less, don't comment on somebody something. No. Like, don't tell me like, oh, uh, you can say, hey, you have a booger in your nose because I can fix that pretty quick. Don't Mm -hmm. say, hey, you're really fat. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that in 10 seconds? Thanks, man. (laughs) Thank you. Now I just feel bad about myself. Don't you think I know that I'm fat? (laughs) Because I have these amazing boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is a deleted scene when they're in Bergen and Borks, but um, you can actually see the opal necklace um, in it, which is the... actually showed. Like it's in the very, background. Okay, it's very possible. Oh. <laughs> I watched this. Um, my last watch through of this movie took several uh, days several to times. get through. <laughs> but it can be seen um, in a display case in Bergen and Borks. And what is that opal necklace? It's the one that um, tries to kill Dumbledore and um, mm-hmm. not paralyzes, uh, curses Katie yeah. Bell. Katie Bell. Katie Bell. It's a pretty important necklace. <laughs> so this is where we do meet Lucius Malfoy in Bergen and Borks, but because that's a deleted scene, we then meet him in Flourish and Blot. So I do want to just talk real quick about um, Lucius. He is played by Jason Isaacs, who's an incredible fucking actor. <laughs> Love him. I have such a crush on him. He is so mm. unbelievably talented and very he attractive. Is. He- <laughs> is <laughs> he is very good at playing an asshole which is that is I my mean, type <laughs> <laughs> i like them rude uh it's so anti matt <laughs> so anti matt matt is like the nicest most even calm person he does not ever get upset Mm-mm. getting off subject for a second we were talking about um roy kent one day which is Mm -hmm. a character from Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. And there's a tweet that's like, Ted Lasso is not about soccer. Ted Lasso is about how hot Roy Kent is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, it's so true. He Mm -hmm. and Billy Butcher from The Boys, those are like the hottest male presenting people I have ever seen in my life. They are both with an accent and a beard and they are cranky. And I was like, that is my type. (laughs) I'll do you another one okay. from Yellowstone. Yeah. Ooh, Who's buddy. he played by? Uh, and somebody very surprising. He was actually in. Um, oh, fuck. Cole Hauser. Who's that? Yes. Oh, he was in Too Fast, Too Furious. Go way, way back. Dazed and Confused. Benny. Dazed this one confused. is Benny. He's actually the redheaded bully that like spanks all of the kids with that wooden board. Shut up. I know. When I saw that, I was like, what? the hell is happening here holy shit he glowed up real nice he did oh hello <laughs> yeah and in the in the show i'm like i would i would definitely marry rip yeah I'd marry him interesting Whew. um okay back to jason isaacs wait going way back got way <laughs> off subject there sorry yes. guys so well i mean you know what you guys got into when you started yeah. listening to this podcast Uh, Jason Isaacs, he actually originally auditioned for Gilderoy Lockhart, but Chris Columbus asked him to try out for Lucius. Isaacs didn't want to because he felt it was too similar to a recent role he played as Captain Hook and Peter Pan. 
but he was too polite to say no. So when he um, was offered the part, Isaac's almost actually turned it down, but his family members convinced him to do it. Yep. It was also Jason Isaac's idea for Lucius Malfoy to have long blonde hair, as well as carry a walking stick, um, which he would conceal his wand. Um, Jason, the person, grew very attached to the stick and once tried to take it off set before he was caught. Um, I love it. Chris Columbus was a little unsure about the um, the hair and the costume, the wand concealed and everything. But Daniel Radcliffe actually commented on those changes and he thought it was really cool. So Columbus was like, okay, we'll stick with it. So I like that this like 11 year old little boy was like, nah, guys, that's really fucking dope. I know. And this accomplished director was like, all right, I agree with the 12 year old. We'll do that. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to the actor over here. <laughs> yes. Just the, oh, man. the distinguished, possibly award winning actor exactly yeah um real quick they yeah. are all in flourishing lots which is super weird to say uh i just really hate how dirty they make the weasleys and harry yes they travel by flu powder yeah. yes they are poor that doesn't mean that they're actually dirty yes um i it just rubs me so the wrong way i mm-hmm. hate that i wish and I understand why they didn't put a scene in like this, but I wish there was a scene because I don't think Molly Weasley would let her children walk around with dirt on their face and really yes. dirty. Yeah. I feel like they, she would go and take the kids to a bathroom. Like the boys would obviously go one way. She and Jenny, the other, she would clean them up. I see Fred and George coming out looking even dirtier than they came in. And then she'd get like a little stern and sassy with them, but she does think it's funny. And then they like just clean themselves up. Like, yeah. I don't goodbye. feel like I'm I don't sure feel that's like the cleaning that. charm. Yeah. Yes. Um, Flourish of Lots. This is where we meet Gilderoy Lockhart. A lot of middle aged women get real thirsty when they see him. This is where we do officially meet Malfoy Sr. Um, he's a huge dick, and it makes a lot of sense of why Draco's a dick. When Hagrid is escorting Harry out of Nocturne Alley. And then again, uh, when Lockhart turns to show his other profile to the photographer, you can actually see hardcover editions of Harry Potter books on the shelf at the store. I actually didn't know that. No, Um, I didn't know that until I read that. Yeah. Now I have to rewatch the movie again. I got to do it again. (laughs) Um. And Gilderoy Lockhart is played by Kenneth, I'm going to say his last name wrong, Branow, B-R-A-N-A-G-H, Branagh. He, um, he directed the first Thor movie, I know for sure. He mm-hmm. currently plays um, Hercule Poirot on the murder and express and murder on the Nile movies that you just saw. Um, he is Pinwa. He's the one with the big mustache. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, so before I go see movies, I like to IMDb the shit out of everything. And if I'm yeah. at home, then I continue to do that throughout the movie. And I read it and I was like, Oh shit, that's Gilbert Lockhart. And then I left it. And then, when on our way to the movie theater, I was like, I'm gonna 
retest all my trivia. So I go back into it. I was like, oh yeah, it's Gilda Lockhart. Like every time I hear it is like brand new information. I'm like, God damn it, Sarah. This is an accomplished actor. (laughs) He is a very accomplished actor. He is very Shakespearean. Um, He is just very talented. Um, Mm -hmm. Also an attractive older gentleman. Um, And he's just so different in every single part where like, um, I don't think he's as much of a chameleon as like Gary Oldman, but he can be chameleon-esque. Yes, absolutely. I can get behind that. Yes. Um, Hugh Grant actually was originally cast as Lockhart, but was forced to withdraw at the last moment because of scheduling conflicts with two weeks notice. Which I watched a million years ago and I remember nothing. That was one of the few Sandy Bullock movies I have not watched. I don't really have a desire to see it. Um, Real quick. Yeah. Missing from the movie, Arthur and Mr. Malfoy, they get into a pretty big scuffle, Flourish and Blots. Um, They get into a fist fight, which is pretty surprising for both of them because Mm -hmm. you very rarely see wizards actually fight with their fists smuggle fight yeah yeah um and then like Hermione's parents are just like missing all together you always see them in the background they're Mm -hmm. like super quiet we don't give them a lot of attention um something that you do hear Arthur say to them in the movie is so I hear muggles are scared of you it's not really gone into why he says that but they are dentists Mm -hmm. and people don't normally like dentists so I thought that was actually really funny (laughs) which I do think that's funny. They do have a, on the Weasley clock, it does have dentist as an option. So there are people that are like, is that there because Arthur is just so obsessed with muggle things that he had Molly put that on there because he thought it was funny. Um, Or do wizards actually go to the dentist? Now I need to know. And there are a lot of people, I feel like I am in the minority with this because they're like, oh, well, when Hermione says that her parents are dentists in Half-Blood Prince at the Slug Club, um, Horace says, like, is that a dangerous profession? And she kind of says no and tells a little joke. Oh, um, shit. That's true. I forgot about that part. I never took it as the other kids in the slug club were confused as to what a um, a dentist was I always took it as like they just didn't care they're just being teens and they were just like Mm -hmm. yeah okay that's what your parents do so I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm in the minority with that opinion (laughs) but I do like that um when Arthur sees him sees Mr. Mrs. Granger there he's like oh I gotta talk to you real quick (laughs) I gotta go so then we go to uh, when they are trying to get to the Hogwarts Express, the two year, 12 year old boys are stranded. So instead of waiting for an adult, they steal a car and fly to school. You know, it's classic kid shit. Uh, in the movie, they uh, make the car start to fly. And then Harry is like, oh shit, we should probably become invisible. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure in the book, they hit the invisibility cloak feature. Then they start flying, then it disables, yeah, and then they are seen. But now it's like before they take off, or like as they take off, mm-hmm. and then after it gets faulty. So it's not exactly different matching up. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we also do lose the part where 
Like they leave early, but then they have to keep going back to the house for different reasons. One of them being Jenny oh, yeah. forgot her diary. Damn, I forgot about that. That's why we do this together. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. So we can both hit Pretty on the important. same thing. Yes. yes. And I think that's a really good indication that something is already going on with Ginny. Yeah. Um, I have said this before and I will say it. I think that the movies just did all of the Weasleys very dirty. Um, Hermione is the one that fixes the glasses, not Arthur. Well, then why does she not get in trouble for doing magic outside of school? Um, it shows more of a father figure of Arthur to Harry. Um, we don't get a lot of backgrounds. A lot of the things that I'll get into later, like um, people's lines are changed. So Hermione can be the one to say things or do things, which yes, show that she's smart, but then it just like downplays everybody else in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The Weasleys are definitely taking down a notch. Yes. Maybe a few notches. Like Ron is really fucking smart and he like knows shit, but he's really just pay- played as a comic relief mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. A hundred percent. One part that's missing from this is, or changed, I guess, is Harry almost dies falling out of the flying yes! car. Uh, that was not in the book guys. Um, it, yes. If anything, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> It added um, action and drama. And I like that Harry was like, oh, give me your hand. It's all sweaty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> uh, when I hold somebody's hand and if it's really sweaty, I like to be like, were you just swimming in a pond? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what is, this is gross. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is going on with you? Yeah. I do. I get why they added that scene. To show mm-hmm. like, hey, 12-year-old boys actually can't drive a car that's magical nope. very well. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they probably did it for like pacing reasons or whatever to keep people going. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was not. Yeah. Cool. So after that, naturally, the boys, they drive the car into a tree, which proceeds to beat the shit out of them. Uh, there were 14 different Ford Angelina Jolies that were destroyed to create the scene where Ron and Harry crash into the Whomping Willow. 14. That's 14. Bonkers. That's a lot. I don't know if they were all like full size cars or like. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Equal. Yeah. Like, are there, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the Ford Angelina was Rupert Grint, who plays Ron Weasley. That was his favorite prop from the series, was a car. And when the Wizarding World of Harry Potter opened in 2010, most of the invited actors arrived on the night bus. But Rupert Grant and Daniel Radcliffe arrived by the flying Ford Angelina. Which I have I tried so hard to find this picture. It's I cannot impossible. fucking find it anywhere. Oh. Everybody listening, be- if you could also Google and try and find this picture, I would love to see it. Yes. Cannot find it. It is one it. of those very difficult to find. Yeah. Maybe it only appears in like wizarding newspapers. Are we muggles? This is the proof. <laughs> I know I'm so fucking pissed. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, go ahead. Uh, The boys are taken to McGonagall, who does not expel them, but tells them they should kind of get their shit together. Snape is pissed because he's just a creepy bloke. (laughs) All right, so now we're going to switch things off. Uh, Abby's going to handle Goof's changes between the book and movie, and I, Sarah, will be handling trivia. 
I will tell you right now, Abby does way more <laughs> investigating than I do. I want to be a spy. I want to be a private <laughs> investigator. Maybe I was just lazy. Okay. Well, the first scene is it's titled Mandrakes and Ron's Howler. Um, we are inside the castle, and here is just one of two instances that we actually get a look at Penelope Clearwater. Mm-hmm. She is missing from the book or from the movie almost entirely, but uh, Penelope is walking with Percy, and nearly headless Nick kind of calls out to both of them, "Good morning, Percy, Mrs. Clearwater." That's it. I actually, yep. I'm kind of sad that they don't put. Uh, Penelope in here a little bit more because Percy is super uptight mm-hmm. and um, it kind of shows that he is just a normal teenager and he um, probably has raging hormones and he has a girlfriend Look, like he's same. like a real like kid mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so he's yes. a bit more relaxed and I I'm kind of sad that they did him like that yes again they did the Weasleys dirty yeah yeah um the howler is slightly different in the movie than it is in the book and I'm pretty sure in the book it does not talk about like congratulations Ginny your father and I are so proud of you for getting you into Gryffindor oh I thought it did I don't I don't think it was as sweet um yeah as it was in the that section um True. but I do really like that because it shows that like Molly's really getting her money's worth for this howler like, yeah, I don't I'm know how postage curious. works, but no. I'm sure she's like, we're going to do as much as we can in this one howler. I'm not yeah. sending two. Let's embarrass my children as much as possible yes. in one letter. Yes. <laughs> A little bit of trivia. Lockhart in the first uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts class, he states that he didn't get rid of the friend or the Bandon Brancy. Bandon Fancy. Banshee. Jesus go. Christ. <laughs> By smiling at him. Banshees are Irish spirits, which can only be female. Mm-hmm. So uh, the actor changed it to him because he wanted to make his character look even more dumb. Or maybe the writers did that. Who knows? But just goes to show that. that he killed off the Banshee knowing, thinking that it was a male when it really was a female. Yeah, because he doesn't put Do any homework. effort into. Yes, if <laughs> yeah. you're going to take away somebody's memories and identities and use yeah. them as your own, do your fucking homework. <laughs> yes, exactly. Then we get to the mudbloods and the murmurs parts. Two things with this scene that I really like. One, I like, you can tell the differences in costuming. Um, Ron's robes are not as black as the rest of everybody else's. Um, and that's oh. to show that he has secondhand robes because they're a little bit more dingy than everybody yeah. else's. I it's, did not catch on to that. Yes. Um, it is very cool. I love that little costuming bit. I am very pro costumes telling a story. Yeah. Um, but in the downside, the part that I don't like, Ron is the one that explains what a mudblood is, whereas mm-hmm. Hermione, Hermione. In the movie, yeah, she is the one that's like, I already know what this terrible word means. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of shows that. Yeah. I like it um, more in the book because it shows the like, even though she doesn't know what this means, Ron is still going to beat Malfoy's shit up. Yes. Like, don't yes. talk about my friend this way. Yes. It's very sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, 
I I know that they're trying to build up Hermione into being the like ultimate heroine, but she really took away from a lot of the other characters. Um, mm-hmm. The tapestries that hang in the Gryffindor common room, uh, they do show them at Universal Studios in the Harry Potter world. But then the true ones, um, it's titled Lady and the Unicorn. It's a series um, from the 16th century. They are now in the display at a museum in Paris. It belongs in a museum. Very hoity-toity. Yeah. Uh, some of the portraits in Hogwarts as you walk around uh, one is Stuart Craig. He's the production designer. And one is Mark Radcliffe. No relation to Daniel Radcliffe, but he was the executive producer. Uh, their portraits are hanging uh, within Hogwarts. I did not know they were not related. I always thought that they were at some point. No, like some yeah, connection. no relation. <laughs> hmm. And then you just talked about Ron uh, during the part where he's throwing up uh, slugs. Yeah. Uh, Rupert Grant, he actually admitted that they were different flavored slime bits and they tasted pretty good. <laughs> I'm curious, like, were you just like holding them in your mouth and then, which I'm oh. assuming not? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of slobber though. <laughs> like if I just like have candy chilling in my mouth, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of spit involved. A lot of saliva <laughs> at all times. <laughs> I don't need that. Nope. Nope. Well, I do want to talk about in this section where they kind of ask about the Chamber of Secrets. Um, in this section, we do, um, we get the first petrified victim, which is Mrs. Norris. And I, you are so much better at this than me. I just like straight up just like wrote down notes. I'm like, ah, who cares about what's going on in this scene? Okay. Next movie, <laughs> I will do the like, little blurbs of what is happening maybe we just need to combine all of our notes together (laughs) we do you know what we're learning you guys you're our guinea pig podcast (laughs) abby is going to talk about this entire movie and sarah just has a little bit of notes here and there (laughs) abby has crippling anxiety about not having enough everything and And sarah's fucking lazy (laughs) as fuck (laughs) trying to get through this as quickly as possible Um, so we meet the first victim, um, and then in a transfiguration class, Hermione asks about Chamber of Secrets. In the book, it is History of Magic, and um, she asks Professor Binge, which is the ghost. And I do like in the book how he's like, well, I just teach history, that's fiction. And she's like, isn't all fiction kind of based in history? Mm-hmm. I like that part in the book um, mm-hmm. makes hundred percent understanding why they picked McGonagall for that scene. One, it's to show like kind of more of a connection between her and the kids. Cause I do think McGonagall is always on the side of the children. Mm-hmm. Um, we also already know her character. We have yeah. never met Bins before. Bins and... is never in there. And I think yes. the only reason they have Miss or Professor Bins say this part is to show that he is somewhat interesting. Yeah. Or has the ability to be interesting. And mm-hmm. um, because he's probably so old and he died a yeah. million years ago, um, he probably has more of a connection to actually what happened in the past, supposedly, even though he yes. doesn't even believe it. Yes. Um, um, but also, I it's probably 100% easy. understand why they gave it to McGonagall. Oh, 100%. It's also probably it was a good much move. cheaper and easier 
than making oh. a ghost. Yeah. Yes. And you're yeah, trying to work and, smarter, not harder. <laughs> exactly. And McGonagall, yeah, you're so right. They needed to give her that in with the kids because she mm-hmm. is so predominant in yes. the entire series. Then it goes into the Quidditch um, tournament where Harry loses all of the bones in his body. Nope, just his arm, not his whole body. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I was just naughty. I was like, uh-huh, he does. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, then <Man>. That part <laughs> was disgusting. Also, really I like that, like, this, I, man, I can't remember if it was in the first movie or not, but they have, like, more gear on them. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Daniel Radcliffe's his which arm did he lose? His right? I don't fucking know. Was it Crab well, or was it Goyle? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but uh the guard on the arm that he loses the bones for, like it disappears and it reappears and it comes back yes. again. And while he's flying around, after the bludger hits his arm, he actually uses the arm to push himself back up. And I'm like, oh, you can't really do that. Not when you don't have no bones. (laughs) That is, you know, raises a great question. Are wizarding bones different than muggle bones? Like, even though they're broken, can you still do shit? Super dense muscle. Yes. Because they're not even broken. They're just not even there. Yes. Like really strong ligaments. (laughs) It's just jello. Um, I think there's another attack right here which is when Justin Flinch Fletchley gets attacked. So then they create the dueling club. Um, First Lockhart and Snape duel each other. And Snape uses the Expelliarmus spell on Lockhart. And Lockhart is fucking like thrown through the air, still has wand in his hand afterwards. So the spell is supposed to make the opponent lose their wand. Which is a pretty heavily used charm yes like it's harry he has such a hard-on for this charm Mm -hmm. so it makes me wonder like was lockhart being dramatic Mm -hmm. was snape doing something else maybe um subconsciously like a quiet spell non-verbal or is this what we just call a fuck-up in the movie business i'm say it's probably c probably the (laughs) fuck-up yeah Okay, seriously, the author wasn't like, don't overdo it on this scene, okay? (laughs) Also, it's a pretty well-known charm that we're going to hear about a hundred thousand more times. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, I can't remember where they were in the books when this movie was released. So maybe, like, the author didn't put as much input into being like, oh, that spell's actually, like, it should be this. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Man, I don't know. I could probably try and do the math, but because it came out in 2002. Yeah. And that was, man, it was still really early on the series in the books. (laughs) We'll figure it out one day. Maybe. Uh, We make no promises. Yes. Uh, Snake appears, tries to attack Justin Flinch Fletchley. And Harry's like, not on my watch, and then talks in parcel tongue. And that's when we learn he can talk to snakes. Yes. Did you know that the author like wrote up like a fake book on how to speak parcel tongue? I love that. <laughs> that way, like all of the characters or those who need to use it can. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it's like the same. Yeah. Um, yes. There's two characters in here that use parcel tongue. One being Harry, the other one I'll get into later. Then Harry heads to Dumbledore's office. And because shit can't get any worse, Fox the Phoenix dies in front of Harry. But then it comes Before back, Dumbledore so like, okay. comes in. Yes. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. So I have, so Richard Harris, who plays Dumbledore in the first and the second movie, he does pass away after um this movie finished filming right before the third one started um richard harris thought that the animatronic bird of fox was this part melts my heart so much i'm like it was so pure so yes he thought that the bird was real and nobody really told him any different he would make sure that it was fed he would try to feed it himself um I think that is very, very sweet. It is very heartbreaking because his mind was starting to go because he was getting Mm -hmm. really old. Um, Very, very sad, but I fucking love that. Oh, it's Um, so sweet. Yes. My heart um, grows just a little bit every time I hear it. It just melts. Mm -hmm. Yours grows, mine melts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is the final feature uh, final film to feature Richard Harris as Albus Dumbledore. He died um, a few weeks before the American release and both Chamber of Secrets and the sequel Prisoner of Azkaban are dedicated in his memory. There is also, so we meet Fox for the first time and I never fucking put this together. Is Fox the Phoenix named after Guy Fox? Um, it is yeah okay so guy fox sorry were you questioning or were you telling us i was kind of like it was both okay it's like it (laughs) It was yes yeah so uh guy fox was arrested in 1605 for attempting to blow up the house of the lords in london um that's what guy fox says about i'm pretty sure v for vendetta the movie with natalie portman has something to do with guy fox um Remember, remember the 5th of November, uh, Guy Fawkes Day is actually mentioned in the first book, in the first chapter, um, because when Philosopher's Stone. What? Yeah. At the very first chapter, they're talking about like uh, fireworks and lighting things up. And the reporter on the news says like, don't uh, just remember whatever day is next week um so yeah what the fuck yeah i have to go reread this again yes again again god damn it i did not put that together that that's what the character was named after until i was doing this and this news about the um the news yes the first book god damn it they don't call it golf guy fox day they call it something else and i cannot for the life of me remember i can't remember real quick so Colin Creevy, has he already been petrified? I'm trying to find it. Um, yes, he was petrified after the rogue bludger incident. Okay. Because remember, he wanted to bring Harry some snacks. Missing from this book. How about from the movie, Colin Creevy? He's super glossed over in this movie, I feel like, mm-hmm. where we all know that he is kind of annoying. <laughs> he loves Harry just a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, but in the 
book, when we read about him, he still annoying, but we kind of have like a little brother love to him that in the movie, it's not really there. We um, were like, oh, that really creepy kid was petrified. Eh, movie nine. Whereas mm-hmm. in the book, we see him so much more and mm-hmm. he later has, um, you know, he's still relevant in the books coming up that um, we do kind of basically start to have a feel towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, Harry has a super long practice, no, quidditch practice, and it is in the rain. And after practice, he kind of trudges through the castle, bringing in mud. Filch runs into him, brings him into his office to write up a detention. Uh, here is where we learn that Filch is a squib. Um, mm-hmm. We see the book laying out. Um, and the movie absolutely makes no mention of this. And it doesn't even mention the death day party. I will say with the whole Filch being a squib, there is a deleted scene from, I believe, the beginning of when they get to Hogwarts. At some point, um, I remember seeing a deleted scene where Harry is like, oh, you dropped this. And like, was it showed like a pamphlet or something and Filch grabbing it and kind of like looking around me like, oh, I don't know whose that is, but it's a deleted scene. But it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I had that. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is no mention of the death day party. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly Headless Nick was killed 500 years ago on that day. Uh, and it's Halloween. And the Golden Trio go to celebrate with him. Nearly Headless Nick asks them or invites them over. Put in a good word for me sort of deal. Uh, they celebrate with moldy fish and other disgusting things. Um, and then this is where Harry hears the disembodied voice for the very first time. Is on the way back from that party. Mm-hmm. So over Christmas break, the Golden Trio is set to drink their pee-pee, which is polyjuice potion. Oh, I was like, wait, what? What are we talking <laughs> I just about? Put- I put that in my notes for a little joke. That was a gift for future Abby. Um, All of the potions that are on set that were meant to be consumed, it's soup. I don't know why I found that so interesting. Not that it's just like liquid. It's not like just water that's dyed. It's full on soup, which makes sense because the polyjuice potion is very chunky looking. (laughs) Um, Ron and Harry transform one is crab the other is Goyle and they learn that Malfoy is not the heir and wants to be uh, wants Hermione to be murdered Um, in the scene where one whoever Harry turns into is wearing glasses and um, Draco says like why are you wearing glasses they respond like oh I was reading and his line of I didn't know you could read Uh, That is an ad lib line because Malfoy forgot the Tom Felton, the actor forgot what his actual line is going to be. So they just kept that in, which I think is a fucking hysterical line. Oh yeah. For like just humor in general. It is very funny. Two, Malfoy does not know shit about his friends. Nothing at all. (laughs) 
nothing. nothing. <laughs> nope. He thinks his friend literally cannot even read at the age yeah. of 12. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you could read. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are discussing. Okay, everybody. I just copy pasted this because I was like, if Abby doesn't mention this, I do want to kind of shout this out. I love that. And I love that that's in your notes. <laughs> it's copy pasted. <laughs> if Abby does not mention straight from imdb.com <laughs> forward slash chamber of secrets. Yes. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are discussing how they can use Polyjuice Potion to impersonate Crab and Goyle, which will allow them to get the information out of Draco. They are doing this in order to find, we already talked about that afterwards. <laughs> Hermione goes to the library and gets a book called Most Potente Potions. To the right of this book, she's reaching for another. Uh, The only word written on this book on the spine is Tom, T-O-M. Voldemort considers Tom Riddle to be the secondary lesser identity since he became the Dark Lord. Isn't that weird? Is that in the deleted scene or that's in the books? That's in the movie. Uh, so when Hermione like grabs the book the book just to the right says Tom bitch it's like like we don't even look at the book next to it we're only looking to see what she's grabbing I have to look that up yeah do it I actually really like that (laughs) yeah I did not not read that yeah how weird how interesting 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 so after they change back, that's when we learned that Hermione became um, a cat, which is kind of like my dream, but you know, whatever. Um, then we've got all the shit go down with the diary. Um, Harry writes in a diary and then goes inside of, to the memory of it. Um, in the scene when Daniel Radcliffe is writing, um, when Harry speaks to Tom Riddle by writing in the diary, the handwriting scene is not is not that of Daniel Radcliffe. Chris Columbus didn't feel that Daniel's uh, handwriting was how Harry would write, so an extra's handwriting was used instead, which is pretty common, to be honest. It's actually Chris movies. Columbus's handwriting. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I wondered if it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, like in Titanic, like it's not Leo DiCaprio drawing Kate Winslet, it's James yeah. Cameron. <laughs> Yeah, just a little. I just want to sneak in there just a little bit. Yeah, that's my hand. Yes. <laughs> um, once in the memory, uh, we get our first look at Hot Tom, which is not to be confused with Weird Tom, which is yeah, it is the so, same person, but it's different. Exactly. Right now we're uh, at Hot Tom. We're yes. going to meet Weird Tom in just a little bit. <laughs> yes. So Tom Riddle in the memory is played by Christian Coulson. Uh, he landed the role of Tom Riddle, even though he was 23 at the time of filming. And it did exceed the 15 to 17 year old age group that were set for auditions. Um, Eddie Redmayne. And he's not even the oldest teen in this movie. Don't even fucking get me started on Moaning Myrtle. Is her voice funny? Yes. Is her portrayal hilarious? Yes. Is it fucking creepy that a 39 year old is playing 37 year old is playing against a child and flirting with them yes i have so many fucking is she the most graceful aging person ever because me as a 38 year old there's no no way i could ever pass as a teenager no (laughs) 
I wonder if she really did get the role because of how fun her voice is. You know that she's actually in the movie um, Bridget Jones Diary? Yeah. And yeah, you know I who she plays? It. She plays, um, I can't remember the character's name, but she's Jude and she's always crying in the bathroom. About a boy. <laughs> yeah. I love Bridget Jones's Diary. It's and a great book. There's movies, a lot of it. They mm-hmm. came out in the same year. Mm-hmm. So she like essentially played the the character and then played the character again yes. as the ghost. <laughs> yes. Um Eddie Redmayne, who plays Newt's commander in Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, he actually auditioned for the role of Tom Riddle. Yeah, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, but stick around. <laughs> stick around. Give me 10 years. Like 20 more years. <laughs> yes. Then we're going to come back for you. <laughs> yes, you're going to be good eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Just not now. Not with yes. us. Um, missing from the movie in the book. Yeah. Jenny actually tries to warn Harry and Ron about mm-hmm. what's going on with her. Um, Percy like rudely interrupts and he's like, shut up, Jenny, shut up. And really, Jenny accidentally walked in on Percy and Penelope Clearwater. Penelope snogging. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that she wants to rat him out. And in reality, in the book, she just wants to try and tell Harry and Ron, like, all this crazy shit is happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to get out. I'm so deep in. And it's so sweet because as a kid, you're so pure, really, that you don't really think anything is out bad to get you. And then when it does, that you just don't know how to remove yourself mm-hmm. from that situation. And even mm-hmm. as adults, we can still get that way. Yeah. And as an 11 year old reaching out to our brother, trying to get help, that's huge. And, and it was so unfortunately, sweet. yeah, yes. it was cut. Instead, they just um, show Jenny. She's looking stressed out all the time and glaring at everybody. <laughs> I don't even think she looks stressed out. They like literally show her like two or three times just being like, mm, that yeah. sucks. There's like one time where she has like super big eyes and she's like staring mm-hmm. at them, which I mean, that could be anything. <laughs> yeah. And I do think it really does downplay the trauma and mm-hmm. all of the emotions that Jenny is feeling. Like she's a kid, she is away from her mom for the first time mm-hmm. in her whole life. Yeah. Um, she she and Molly are probably super tight yes. too. Because she is the baby of the family and mm-hmm. she's the only girl of the family. Mm-hmm. So you know Jenny and Molly are tight. Yes. It's very upsetting. That it's just downplayed so much. Um, Hermione then gets, uh, after the scene, Hermione is petrified. Uh, for each petrified victim that has to be shown petrified, there is a full-size replica of that cast member, which sounds fucking terrifying to me. Yeah, yeah. When I first read that, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And yeah, then I put myself sense. in their position. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to see a full life replica of me. I'd be like, that's what I look like. That's one. what I look like when I'm in a coma. No, thank you. <laughs> With my eyeballs still open. <laughs> Jesus. It's um, terrifying for your friends. Yes. You're like, what's up, Emma? Oh, that's not Emma. <laughs> the trauma that those children must have faced. <laughs> You did get a pay raise, though, so. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> um, we then meet 
uh, Cornelia Spudge in Hagrid's hut where Ron and Harry are under the invisibility cloak. Lucius is a dick to Hagrid. I love that you misspelled Lucius just as many times as oh. I misspelled Lucius. Yes. There is an episode. Senior. Yeah. Malfoy senior a lot of times. Abby uh, has a full fire truck going on behind her. <laughs> I live very close to a pretty decently sized hospital. It's Mercy Anderson. To, to like turn into your driveway sometimes. Yes. And um, down my block, there's also a fire station. When I saw this house the first time, when I did my inspection, and when I did my walkthrough, there were never any fire trucks or ambulances going. The week after we moved in, it was like non-fucking-stop since. I don't really even hear it most of the time now because it's it's just so common. Oh, yeah. It's like they planned it when I was viewing the house pre-purchase yeah never happened if a fire truck went down my (laughs) road i'm at the very very Mm -hmm. back of a neighborhood that you better believe i'd be sitting on my porch watching what happens oh yeah yeah i also have a lot i think there was like an older couple or an older people that live like across the street so for a while there were always like ambulances and fire trucks out there which is just really heartbreaking to me yeah um, but yeah, it's just, it's all the time. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so Kenneth, oh, excuse me, Sir Kenneth Branagh, who, who plays Gilderoy Lockhart. I think you're saying that right. Branagh. I don't know. Branagh. Um, Robert Hardy, who plays Fudge and John Cleese, um, who plays Nearly Headless Nick. They were all in a movie together in 1994 um called it was mary shelley's frankenstein and that is also a movie that gilderoy lockhart's actor kenneth brownlow directed which i just i very cute love it when like actors come back together like i yes. just like picture in my head like oh my god we got to work i know there's like scene. going back to work and you are placed with your best friend yes, yes. <laughs> there's an interview of like will smith on I don't know, a red carpet or something, but he recognizes a cameraman and he's like, Hey, that's Robert. He was a cameraman on Fresh Prince. Oh, and that warms my motherfucking heart. That is so I sweet. Love I love it so much. We're easily amused over here. We really oh are. Oh my God. Are you going to get up? Besties. Now? Yes. It also makes me really respect Will Smith for remembering it. A cameraman, which do you think is just like a really like small yeah. position? And your face is basically hidden the whole time. Yes. <laughs> um, the boys head into the Forbidden Forest and learn from Agri- Aragog, Aragog the I know I'm getting there. I'm trying. <laughs> Aragog <laughs> the Acromentula that Hagrid is innocent. Aragog is voiced by Julian Glover who is known for his roles in Indiana Jones, Star Wars, and Game of Thrones. What? Which, yeah, it's the, um, in Game of Thrones, he plays the maester in King's Landing. Um, there's way too many characters of Game of Thrones. There's a lot of Never go characters. to that one for me, because I do not remember anyone except for Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah. And his beautiful wife. I'm going to have a link to his IMDb page in the notes. Um, well, you do that real quick. In the book, Aragog is blind. His eyes were milky white. 
in the movie, his eyes are black, implying that he can actually see mm-hmm. um, that he is not blind. Which now I'm kind of curious. Was yeah. that just a mess up or did they actually want Aragog to see the kids? Yes. Either or way, are... that scene is terrifying. It is very terrifying. Way too many like clicking. Ugh. I don't like that shit. No. Uh, Rupert Grant has a severe case of arachnophobia, which is fear of spiders. And he still has not watched the entire scene of Ron and Harry in Aragog's Hollow. Um, in that scene, Ron's frightened looks and uncomfortable squirming were not acted. That was Rupert's real reaction to everything happening around him. I, I'm 100% behind you, Ron. Yes. Flash Rupert. Yes. The animatronic puppet of Aragog can be found on display at the making of Harry Potter, the studio tour in Leavesden. Yes. Which our mutual friend, Maggie, has actually been to that. I'm so fucking jealous. I know. I know. I tried to sneak in on that trip, but I couldn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We did talk about this in an earlier episode, I believe, when we were covering this chapter or something. Um, But the dog that plays Fang, Bella, she was very protective of Daniel Radcliffe. So this scene had to be redone several times because she was trying to save him from the spiders. That is so fucking sweet. Like, we do ridiculous. Not dogs. We do not deserve dogs. No. Yes. Um, and in the movie, they're when they're trying to get away from the spiders, Ron and Harry and Fang, Harry says a spell that's Arania Exumia or Eczema. I, yes. Honest. And it's used to blast away um acromentulas or large spiders which one i'm like that is a very specific spell i feel like um because it only affects spidery spiders individuals which we learned in the book through tom riddle the weird memory yes but in the movie it's just like we already know it we already know that spell yeah mcgonagall Um, taught us i will put I might put a picture of the hand movement in definitely in our show notes, maybe in our social media, because the hand movement pretty much looks like a spider and it is very fucking oh. cool. It's pretty fucking baller. That's awesome. After this, Ron and Harry, they kind of go to the hospital wing to check on Hermione. Um, there's a little bit of difference in this. Um, they don't do the sneaking out to get out of class situation, get stuck by McGonagall. They're just kind of already there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that. I, I understand why they do it for a movie point of view because Harry is holding Hermione's hand. So he can see that she is holding something in her hand and kind of go from there. But I find that very sweet. It's a very endearing touching moment that he is holding her hand. Um, Cause you can take it as like his, feelings even sisterly sibling feelings for Mm -hmm. Hermione um I just found that very very adorable not to call you out or anything what that actually happens before they meet Aragog does it really yeah because they see the line of spiders going so they're like oh shit should we miss or should we skip class to go follow them yeah no worries no that's totally right what yeah like the scene it's missing. I think that's when they realize that Jenny is missing. Okay. Yes. Which so, I can't even remember how we found out that she's missing. 
They just show up in a in a corridor. Okay. And they're like, a child is missing. Please yeah. gather your children and run. Yes. Another reason why this episode is so hard to record is because we copied down like the scene names. Yeah, like some what of them the are, movie. Yeah, yeah some missing. of them are very like, simple. Is missing? Chamber secrets, flourish and blots, spider attacks. I know what that is. Yeah. Some of them are just the words missing. It's like, well, who the fuck is missing? I know it's Ginny, but can you give me yeah. another word? One that's coming up is backfire. Like backfire, what backfire? Yes. So you're going to have to think it through and you're like, oh, right. Gilderoy was doing a spell and it backfired. Okay. Yes. I literally did not put that together until like last night. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's Lockhart. Okay. Okay. I'm with them now. <laughs> yes. Anyhow. So yeah, when, then we get to the part where Ginny is found that she is missing. Yeah, um, I think it's McGonagall's voice that comes over and says, "Gather your children mm-hmm. and return them to their um, houses." I think yes. is what she says to them all. Yes. Um, Ron and Harry, however, they run to Lockhart's office. Because mm-hmm. they're like, maybe he is smart enough to figure this out because the last nine months haven't proved that he isn't capable of anything at all. One more time. Yes. <laughs> I do like when he, when the boys show up to Lockhart's office and he's like packing everything up. There's a little head statue with a wig on it. Yeah. Which is such an incredible character detail, but like yes. literally not even the hair on his head is real real yeah so they're about to go to the chamber of secrets um they go through the bathroom in moaning myrtle's place uh the depiction of the chamber of secrets differs in book and film the book depicts a full body statue of salazar slytherin at the end of the chamber and that pillars with carved snake bodies holding the chamber ceiling while the latter, the film, only shows a large statue of Slytherin's head and shoulders with a snake head lining the chamber's hall on each side in place of the pillars. The author later reveals in the book Harry Potter page to screen the complete filmmaking journey that the chamber is flooded centuries after its creation and that the water rose to the statue's head um, rest of the statue this also explains why the basilisk was seen emerging from the water near the statue when harry attempts to wake the nearly dead Ginny, and that the original chamber hall is submerged along with the original pillars wherein the snakehead statue acts as the remainders hold the touched on that because my brain was not comprehending that when i read it no i did not what i didn't understand the words that i was saying until i was saying them okay (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, just a really creepy place to begin with. (laughs) Yes, Chris Columbus, um, the director, he wanted the movement of the camera to be super like snake like when Mm -hmm. they walked through um, the tunnel and all of that. So he actually put his hands on the cameraman's shoulders Mm -hmm. and kind of like guided him, like so he would like sway a little bit more in order to get the shot that he wanted. I love Just, that. Yeah. Um, I hope the cameraman was okay with that because that is super close contact. I'm sure he was. They probably yes. worked together very, very well. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sure that the very consent, 
weird <laughs> situation to be in too. I don't like to be touched by people I don't like um, yeah, or, or that no. I don't know that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would I've got hope... a touching thing that, yes. yes. But I would hope that the friends, cameraman yes. would be like, Chris, can you get your fucking hands off me for a second? I know what you're <laughs> yeah. asking. Right. I hope that, uh, yeah, it was consensual or at yes. least the cameraman was like, you know, yeah. just buy me a beer at least. for yes. <laughs> When we get to the basilisk, in the book, it was seen to be female because when Harry first saw it, he described it as a vivid poisonous green, but he made no mention of a red crown or red uh, coloring on his on the snake's head, mm-hmm. which either meant that the snake didn't have one or Harry couldn't see it, um, which would mean that it was female. Uh, however, in the movie, it has a distinct lack of crown, uh, red or otherwise, but when you hear the voice, it sounds male. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's a lot of back and forth as to yeah. what that actually means. I'm not really sure either. Um, <laughs> take that as you will. Well, there is um, between there's discrepancies between the description of the size of the basilisk as well in the movies mm-hmm. versus, versus the novel. Um, <laughs> yes. In, the it says with the snake being implicitly described as being much larger at, in the film mm-hmm. so at the end of chapter 16 in the novel when harry ron lockhart find the snake skin um the narration states that the creature that had shed it had must have been 20 feet long at least but in the movie ron states that whatever shed that shred this shed this there you go go. (laughs) whatever shed this must be 60 feet long or more which I've heard like I obviously can tell the differences between the two and I did not realize that until I was writing this all up this is most likely to make Harry's fight with the basilisk seem more exciting and dangerous as a 20 foot long snake would have been closer in size at the python that Harry releases at the zoo where yeah. I'm like, oh holy shit that probably was like the same size like, this is way more exciting whenever I realized that I was like oh my god yeah 20 foot snake is not actually going to be that menacing looking yeah like in real life 20 oh, foot long snake shit I shit yeah. my pants for sure in a movie I'd be like that's just a little garden snake right there it's a little baby look at is him it the first time away from its mother <laughs> that's exactly what you and i would yes. say oh my oh, god look at that little baby oh he's so cute <laughs> um Ron, no harry meets um finds jenny she's she's not dead but she's getting there and she's, she's getting cold she's getting cold and then we meet um riddle as the memory they do not make him like kind of faded around the edges mm-hmm. um, in the movie, which kind of now like watching it back, I'm like, I wish they did. Cause it would make it more obvious that this is not a real person in front of us. This is yes. a memory. Yeah. Um, probably too expensive. They were running out of time, whatever. I do wish they had that though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Basilisk appears. Tom Riddle says that even though Harry can speak Parseltongue, the basilisk will not obey him. But however, Harry is the first person whose ability to talk to snakes is not, um, it's like inherited. It's just part of his soul Mm -hmm. from Voldemort. 
So Tom doesn't have any fucking idea if that's real or not. Like, no, because he's 16. Yeah. He's probably just saying that to make Carrie believe that and be like, oh, I can't control it. Mm -hmm. It's like, Carrie, why don't you just try, babe? (laughs) That's very true. Yeah. Unless Mm -hmm. the snake was like under the imperious curse. Ooh. I've always thought that. Have you really? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, why does the snake follow Tom's way? Like, I mean, like the snake, he does. Do snakes prefer one person over another? I don't think so. And you can imperious an animal because we see that with the spiders in yeah. Goblin. Yeah. Yep. Holy shit, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a great addition. I literally never thought of that before. I'm going to switch things up and tell you that Jason Isaacs actually <laughs> provided the voice of the basilisk. Which is really weird. So yes. I said two earlier. I really meant three. When the author wrote up like the how to speak snake. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for Daniel Radcliffe, Weird Tom, and Jason Isaacs. Because Jason Isaacs mm-hmm. is doing the voice of the basilisk. Um, Chris Columbus thought that Isaacs was so good at doing voiceover work. He just kind of grabbed him one day. He's like, you're a snake. And then he's a snake. <laughs> I love that. I know. Jason Isaacs, he's like, what? I really like this movie. Can I please play more people? Can I know I, originally <laughs> yeah. I was going to say no, but now I want more. I want everybody. <laughs> yeah, and that's so funny that he originally did not want to be. Yeah, like I Lucia's always picture like um, maybe his kid is trying to talk him into it. Be like, Daddy, I love this movie or this book. Can you please? A lot of people take. It movie roles because their children make them richard harris was dumbledore because his granddaughter said if you do not take this role i will never talk to you again i totally get it if my kids ask me to do anything i'm like okay yeah (laughs) i'll do it it. yes yes we can have chipotle for dinner (laughs) oh really took my arm there (laughs) um the basilisk fighting scene is way more dramatic and goes on way longer i feel like in the movie Oh my um, gosh. Because like Harry's like running through tunnels and everything. Yes. He's like throwing rocks. I love the throwing of the rocks. That yeah. shows again the smartness of Harry. Yeah. Uh, like I don't need magic to outsmart the snake. I'm literally just gonna throw a rock and he's gonna think it's over there. Yeah. Except the snake can still like smell. So yes. There's a little like discrepancy between them, um, but eh, whatever. Tomato potatoes. <laughs> Next up, we get to, like, Harry runs back out to the Chamber of Secrets, and um, the snake, he does stick the sword into the snake's mouth, killing him, but at the same time, the snake clamps down onto Harry's arm, um, releasing that venom into Harry's arm. So Harry is ultimately, like, dying at this part, and then Mm -hmm. Fox, the phoenix, comes up, lands on Harry's arm, and he cries, and the tears are healing powers. Um, when Fox's tears are healing Harry's arm, the music playing is the same music as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. (laughs) When Henry Jones Sr. is drinking the water from the Holy Grail, healing, yes, like, uh, Henry Jones Sr. and Harry is also being healed by the same music and the same type or tone yes, i guess because both were done by john williams yeah um yep. absolutely prolific huge most oscar nominated person ever yeah and 
he did the music for the first movie, but he did not have as much time yeah. to work on the music for the second one, which is why so much is reused. Yeah, yeah. He's like, so I weird. have plenty of music that I've already created. Why don't you just take that instead yeah. of me having to do like more this work. whole movie with Chris Columbus? He does a lot of shout outs to his old mm-hmm. movies. Like you see a lot of um, Home Alone kind of shout yeah. outs in this movie, uh, Chamber Which of I Secrets. I totally forgot he did. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And I actually read things after I watched the movie that now I'm like, I really do need to go back and find that part again. Mm-hmm. Supposedly in the very first scene, um, when we're in the Dursley's house, you see pictures in the background and you can actually see a picture of Kevin McAllister. Yes. I didn't fucking know that. So I have to no, go back and rewatch this. <laughs> yeah. So after um basilisk is gone harry and jenny are good they're flying back to the school um and then into the office i think it's dumbledore's office in the Mm -hmm. movie whereas the book it's mcgonagall's they just Mm -hmm. completely mix everything about the weasleys how this all happened and everything about lockhart it's pretty much dumbledore saying like hey Ron, Harry, great fucking job. Going to give you an award. 100 points to Gryffindor. Yeah. And then cool. that's it. I don't, he yeah. does not mention points. He <laughs> does not mention Lockhart. Nothing. Again, no. doing them dirty. Um, yeah, because in the book, Mr. And, Weasley, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley were called to Hogwarts because their mm-hmm. daughter is taken and believed to be dead. Mm-hmm. That whenever they show up to the office... Everybody is like completely surprised that one, they're mm-hmm. there, two, Jenny's with them, and three, Jenny's fucking alive. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie, it's just completely forgotten. Yep. Very annoying. Yeah. Um, Lucius Malfoy appears and um, piss. And he little, also has pet, crazy pet. hair. <laughs> yes. He still looks very good in the movie. Oh, for sure. Yes. But his hair is not like the like yes. looked back yes <laughs> look it's a little disheveled yes he was like 99 <laughs> what harry's back and he just like leaves <laughs> lucius malfoy 100 would count how many brushes he does through his hair yeah for sure yes <laughs> yes when lucius Lucius, however we say it, Mr. Malfoy, <laughs> yes, and Harry, uh, they're kind of chatting both in Dumbledore's office. Um, and there's not really a clear way as how Mr. Malfoy is going to leave the office. So uh, Jason kind of turns around and glares at Harry and says, let us hope that Mr. Potter will always be around to save the day. And then Daniel Radcliffe and his 12-year-old body was like, don't worry, I will be. And then Mr. Malfoy just like leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, good for Jason Isaacs for coming up with that on the spot, and really good yep. for Daniel Radcliffe for coming up with like a a sass response. Come. Yeah, he clapped <laughs> back. He was like, Mm-mm. "He did." Me at thirty-eight, I'm not sure if I can get a clap back that quick. Yes, I'd be like, "Hold on, hold on, one second. Okay, set me up again. <laughs> I will be. <laughs> yes, good on him. Um, yes." I think it's a great character um, clapback for both of them. Like, yeah, Lucius being really shitty with to a mm-hmm. child, and then Harry is showing, like, showing Lucius how smart 
Harry is, that mm-hmm. he does have a comeback and he is ready to stand up for him. Yes. And it shows how much of a dick Lucius is. He is. Yes. He's yes. an asshole. Um, um, then Lucius and Dobby head out. Harry then asks for the diary and then runs after Lucius and Dobby and hands him the diary saying like, you forgot this in the movie. He just puts a sock in the middle of some of the pages in the book. He like wraps the diary in the sock or something. Yeah. It's way done. It's done way, way, way better in the movie. It is less obvious that there is a sock involved in anywhere in this. No, because you don't really even see the sock. It's just like he grabs it and he throws it. And you're like, wait, what just happened here? Yes. I very much prefer the movie version over Mm -hmm. the book for this. Did you know that they had Daniel Radcliffe shave one of his legs (laughs) to show? Because when he pulled up the leg of his pants to show that he gave him the sock. um, I don't understand that. that. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, if we had seen that in the movie, we'd be like, oh, my God, look at his hairy legs. <laughs> I think if I saw it at the time, I'd be like, oh, gross, weird. What? And now right. I'm looking so back, like the I'm kind of, like, why the, the fuck attention, are they? Yeah. Well, the attention is taken away from. Yeah. yeah. Which I kind of get. I think it was really just funny. Yes. It's very odd that they're like, hey, 12 year old little boy, shave your We're gonna leg. We're going to shave your leg, actually. But just you this do one it? little part. <laughs> do you want us to do it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think this is where Dobby and Harry, they kind of have their first like real goodbye. And mm-hmm. Harry asked Dobby, just promise me that you'll never try to save my life again. Dobby smiles, but he doesn't say anything. Uh, and then Dobby does come back in Deathly Hallows part one and Dobby save or he dies saving Harry Potter's life. So don't ever try and save me again. And he does. And it's ultimately his end. But it's I a just great thought it, it was. End. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Like Dobby is such a pure individual. So mm. childlike, so strong. And he's gonna do like i'm not gonna promise you anything because yeah i don't know what tomorrow i like is going you to boo. be yeah i got you mama <laughs> i'm just gonna smile yeah i i think it's a great thing i'm glad and i don't mean this in the way but i'm so glad that dobby died because it shows such character strength and oh yeah like of course he fucking dies Who because he, he wanted was gonna to live Harry. Yes. yeah yeah there's some it's characters that like, if yes. they don't die, then it's like, what the fuck was the even point? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you have to show that there is truly like real life um, mm-hmm. in these books. Like mm-hmm. say take twilight, for example, nobody dies in twilight. No, not one, one person. person dies. Uh, it's the clear waters dad. I think. Oh Yes. He has a heart attack. I can't even remember his, he has a heart attack. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And he's in 1883, the newest show that Chris and I are watching. Um, And he was in uh, Fantasy with Wolves. Oh. I did not know. (laughs) Have you ever seen that movie? No, I think I'm too young. Oh, okay. Well, that's a bummer. Anywho, nobody dies in Twilight and, um, the author got a lot of shit over that because it was just not like engaging. There's no stakes. You need to have, yeah, a few of those 
life altering things mm-hmm. within the books. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hunger Games, you know, people get so upset that Finnick died and it's like, of course Finnick died. And when that was heartbreaking, when Prim dies, the first time I read that, I'm like, how dare she die? Like, that's so terrible. But it's like, if she didn't die, it's fucking terrible Mm -hmm. because Katniss is always trying to protect Prim Mm -hmm. from literally everything. And she wasn't able to. Mm -hmm. And the way that she died was at the hands of who she thought was her friend. Like, of course, Mm -hmm. Prim died. Yeah. Yeah. I will never... I will always defend Prim's death being necessary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we go to the, the feast at the end. Um, the exams are canceled. Hagrid comes back. Everybody's very excited to see Hagrid, which is a very sweet ending. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when Hermione shows back up. The script originally said that Hermione was going to hug Harry and Ron in this final scene. As the 11-year-old Emma Watson was embarrassed about having to hug two boys in front of the entire cast. So fucking cute. It is so adorable. Chris Columbus allowed her to change the scene so that she hugs her, she hugs Harry and then starts to hug Ron, but the two can embarrass and resolve by shaking hands. Watson has also stated in an interview that she kept letting Daniel Radcliffe go too quickly. So the movie was kind of like frozen in that scene for a few seconds, making it look like the hug was longer than it lasted than it actually was. And her hesitation to Ron was also taken by fans as a precursor to the relationship that will develop between the two characters. A hundred percent. Yes. I saw that immediately. I was like, Oh, there's a feeling. Ooh, they got some kisses. (laughs) They think about it. Um, (laughs) I, the whole hugging Daniel, it goes from Hermione's face to Hag- Harry's face back to Hermione's face. Mm-hmm. And both of the Hermione ones look very similar. And yes, it's probably her just like consistently making the same face. Yes. But I can see where like that second shot of her face was not necessary. No. Um, it's so sweet because as an 11, a previously 11, 12 year old girl, like, how embarrassing would that be? It's you really have to hug this boy in front of everybody? I'm and so cameras. awkward. <laughs> yes. You're going to record oh it? He was adorable. It's really fucking sweet. It is. Yes. Um, Hagrid then shows up. Everybody claps, um, which is very sweet. Uh, it's not how the book ends. Um, mm-hmm. We don't... Usually the books and the movies end totally separately because they never travel back to the muggle world. You never get off at King's Cross, all of that. Um, but it is very sweet that all of the kids, not just Gryffindors, but um, the Hufflepuffs and the Ravenclaws, like also get very genuinely excited that Hagrid is back. Yes, that was super cute. Yeah. Either Crab or Groyle, they also started clapping. Yes. And then Draco was like, stop it. Sit your ass down. We are not excited. Yes. <laughs> I want to we be are fired. Inside. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so perfect. That is end of the movie. Yeah. Um, like we said at the beginning, is a fucking work in progress. Don't come it at us. Work in progress. Um, we will take pleasant suggestions, but please yes. don't yell at us. <laughs> Compliment sandwiches only. I cry easily. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're trying. Um, we're going to put all of our notes inside of our link tree. 
mm-hmm. um, or the show notes. Next up is Prisoner of Azkaban, chapter mm-hmm. one. Hell yeah, Getting I'm started. excited. Yes. yes. You'll stay with me? Until the very end. Bye! Bye.